0: Welcome to Soul Rio, a church where God is made center, families made stronger, and lives restored. Today's sermon is entitled "Family Values." I value my relationships. Presented by Pastor Floyd Silva, on February 11th, 2018. Well, good morning, everyone. How are we doing? Good morning, Pastor. Hey, there we
1: go. We got someone excited to be here. One more try. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Hey. I love it. See, see, I feed off of that enthusiasm, so I need that, okay? So will you help me this morning by doing that? All right, good deal. Well, I, I, I want to start right off the bat by jumping into God's Word. The Gospel of John, and, and it's in your notes there. You don't have to turn there. I want you to look at the screens here. Jesus says this. He says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. And I like for us to just uh, to kind of pause here as we look at this. In 35 it says, By this all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. I, I really think that we kind of need to kind of rest on this spot just, just for a moment before we get into our main passage in, in 1 John. Just because if you think about what's being said here, Jesus himself... Is giving us a command. And he's saying this because God wants us to know something very specific. God is telling us something uh, very powerful and meaningful in this passage right here. Do you see it? See, what, what, I, what I see God telling us here is exactly what, what is important to God. He's telling us what He values, what's important to Him, and because of what He values, you and I, we should value the same thing. And it's just simple, it's just the one word it, it's people. See, people are important to God and so because of that, people should be important to us. See, Jesus says, I I give you a command. He says that you are to love one another just as I have loved you. Just as important as you are to me, you should see others as important because God has placed a high value on those that are in your life today. I want us to kind of think about that for a moment here because there's a lot of people in our lives, right? We, we have a lot of relationships that, that we are a part of and, and we, we kind of uh, participate in at times and, and in some moments we don't always participate, you know. We don't do our part. But, but the reality is that we all are in some type of a relationship right now. And I I believe from what God's word tells us that that God values people. And because God values people, he values relationships. And he brought us together with a purpose and a plan. And he wants us to to live within those relationships in a way that honors him. That brings value to those that he loves. See, it's interesting that, that God feels the need to tell us that we are to love one another. You would think that it would be just something that we did naturally, right? That we would just love people uh, very intentionally, very naturally. But Jesus has to tell us that this is a command. This isn't something that that I'm just suggesting to you. This isn't something that, that maybe if you get around to it sometime through the day, he's saying, this command I give to you. See, and as the family of God, we should always seek to know and understand what is important to God. Don't you think that we should discover what God values and place that same value on it or those things? See, because what's important to God should be important to us. See, you and I, we... Talk about we, f- we have family values, right? We value certain things. We value our children. We value our relationships. We value the dynamics of the life that God has given us. See, and it's all centered around people. God's creation. You and I, we are what is important to God. And because of that, those that are around us should be important to us. You know, I, I kind of had to ask myself the question this week was why, why are we so important to God? You know, why, why, are, why do people matter so much? God could do anything, right? He created it all. Why, why did he put such a value on us? And I found a few passages I'm going to read through real quickly. They'll be on the screen. They're in your notes. You don't have to turn to them. Psalm eight four five 5 says, What is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you care for him? Yet you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. Isaiah 44, 24 says, Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, who formed you from the womb. I am the Lord who made all things, who alone stretched out the heavens, who spread out the earth by himself. Then one of my favorite reminders comes out of Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4. He says, Even as he chose us in him before the foundations of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him in love. And because of this love, because of the love that God has given us, we're going to look at a couple of verses, a couple of verses that are just so full of so much of what God wants for us as his people to understand and to be able to actually live out this command that Jesus gave us in the Gospel of John, to love one another. Well, let's pray before we read it. Father, we thank you so much for this morning. We thank you for a new day a new opportunity. Father, we know that your mercies are new each and every morning. So this morning as we gather together as the body of Christ, Father, we come in Jesus' name and we rest in those mercies. We cry out for those mercies. Father, we are a broken people. We struggle relationally. We struggle with so many different variables in our lives. And though it may be different for some of us, It's no different in the fact that we struggle, in the fact that that we wrestle through how to love one another. So Father, this morning I pray that you would open our eyes, open our hearts, open our minds, and help us to see exactly how you love so that we may learn to love better. Father, we give this time to you in these moments, and we do it all in Jesus' name, amen. Well, I'd like to look at First uh, John, it's a, a little book, a very small book. They say that, that dynamite comes in small packages, right? At least that's what I've been told. Maybe it's just an excuse because I'm a little short, but I don't know. Someone trying to be nice to me in some way. But First John, and we're going to be in chapter 4, and I, I want to read a, a few verses starting in verse 7 through 12. And these are very important verses in, in this, uh, this little book starting in verse 7. You guys ready? All right, go. All right, I like that. It says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world, so that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. See, as you think about that passage, as you kind of chew on that for a little bit and digest it, it's kind of, kind of mind-blowing. You know, it kind of, kind of brings you to a place of, of awe and, and wonder of this God that just loves us so much that, that it would even say that John would say, this is love. God is love. See, there is so much to gain from this passage so much for us in here. And the first thing that that we see is that we are to know God's love. How, How do we get to know God's love? How do we understand God's love? In verse 7 and 8 he says, Beloved, let us love one another for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. So how do we know God's love? See, we see God's love and we see it expressed in the value that he places in other people. The value that he's placed in you. The value that he's placed in me. See, and we are to place that same value on others. See when we know God it changes us it changes the dynamic of our relationships it changes the way we love one another You know I, I grew up in a home my mom loved me she did a lot of, I was a mama's boy yes I, I admit it My mom loved me but but on my on my dad's side of it my dad grew up uh, alone raised by a grandma raised by an uncle that, that, that loved him, but didn't really know how to love him, but tried to provide and care for him. And so a lot of his life he was alone, and so he learned how to do life because of his circumstances and his situation that he was raised in, okay? His dad didn't want him. His mom died at a very young age. And because of the experiences that he had in his lifetime, he took those experiences and he brought them into the relationship that he had with his wife and with his children, and honestly, my, my dad didn't know how to love me. My dad didn't understand God's love for most of his life. And because he didn't understand and know God's love, he didn't know how to love me. And there was moments in, in my life where, when I didn't feel loved. There was moments when my dad tried to love me, but I didn't really feel that love and didn't understand what he was doing and how he is loving me because the way my dad loved me was through disciplining me. My, the way my dad showed his love was by teaching me some things that weren't reflective of who God is and because he didn't know God. Now, I'm not saying all that to, to pick on my dad or to, 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 to hurt my dad but to help us to understand that each and every one of us comes from an environment, from a circumstance, or through a life that helps us to experience what love is. There are people around us that, that will not love us or love us in ways that will lead us to love in the same ways. But see, when we know God, when we are in relationship with God, when we do what it says here, In verses 7 and 8, love one another because love is from God and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God and anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. See, we know that love. We understand that love. And because of that, we love better in our relationships. You know, I I think this is, is the root of all of our problems in our culture today. I always say that, that there's two, two variables in our lives that, that we all deal with. One is relational issues, and the other is financial, and they seem to always tie together. If you look at statistics and numbers, you see the family deteriorating, right? You know, the family is a struggle right now. We fight for that, that biblical model of what a family looks like in our culture today and people are redefining, redefining what that looks like and that because they, that's all they know. That's how they know to love and to express that dynamic. But then you see the breakdown of the home because it's not a biblical God type of love. They're not taking it from a reflection of who God is and his character and that God is love. And so out of that, you see relationships that are crumbling, marriages that are ending. You know, it's a, it's a stat, sad statement when, when in the Christian world versus the world world, that the, the statistics for divorces are just as high. But you can see that as a positive, you can see it in a... What I see it is that it just tells us that we are human. That, that we are, are human beings and we struggle through relational issues, and that's the root of most of our problems. And then when you look at our kids and our children, you see that, that the suicide rate among children is at its all time high right now. And I, I think a lot of this comes because we are not valuing what God values we are not placing our trust in god and, and getting to know this god that is love because when we do that it changes us it helps us to see and understand our kids our marriages our relationships from a whole different perspective you know in, in my family because of some of the things that i learned growing up i began to try and love my wife i began to try and love my kids I, I began to try and love the those that God placed around me, and I tell you, my love is so imperfect. My my love is so hit and miss. But. Through every moment, through every opportunity, as I know God, as I learn to to understand God's love and that God is love, I am getting better and better at loving my wife and my kids. In fact, my prayer most of every day is that I would love my wife, love my kids, love my family more today than I ever had before. But I know and I understand that that comes from me loving God more today than I ever have before. See, that's what he's saying here in in chapter 2 of 1 John in verses 28 and 29. He says, And now, little children, abide in him, live in him, so that when he appears, we may have confidence and not shrink back from him in shame at his coming. And then he says, If you know that he is righteous, you may be sure that everyone who practices righteousness has been born of him. See the key phrase here, the key verse here portion of that, is that, that we are to abide in Him, that we are to stay close to God, that God is to be at the center of our relationships, at the center of our lives. You now students, I, I want to kind of ask you a question, and don't raise your hand because um, my daughter will be the first to raise hers, so that's why I say that. <laughs> but as parents, have we ever gotten it wrong? have we ever not loved you the way you need to be loved? But you don't need to answer that because we know that it, it's an absolute yes. We we mess up and we fall and we stumble. Spouses, male or female, has there ever been a moment when, when your spouse hasn't loved you the way you need to be loved? The answer is yes. We, we, we're all guilty of that. I'll tell you, church, there's moments when when. I haven't been loved the way I hope to be loved and I know I haven't loved you the way you need to be loved but out of all of that how do we respond how do we move forward to begin to love each other better to love our children to love our spouses to love those that God has placed to to love each other as the body of Christ in a better way I think it's simple we abide in him we, we know God. We learn about who God is. We understand the character and we do what it says in this last passage in chapter 2. It says we practice it. We practice how we love one another. We're intentional about loving each other. We do things and we say things that are uplifting, that are encouraging, that show and reflect God's love for each other. It's so important that we do that. See, I think at times what happens is that we don't always really understand exactly how deep God's love is for us. Again, I think it's, you know, what John is telling us here is just mind-blowing. It should just rock us to our core. The depth of God's love for you and I. The depth of lo- God's love for, for people, His creation. God loves us. God practices his love on us every day God's word tells us his mercies are new each and every day and that's him showing us how much he loves us that he offers us forgiveness even when we fall short even when we don't love well enough but that brings us to a question well how did God love us how does God love us well we find that out here in verses 9 and 10 of our passage See, we we know what God did in love. We come to an understanding of how God has loved you and I. Verse 9, it says, In this, the love of God was made manifest among us. He's speaking of Jesus. That God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation of our sins. For our sins. There it is. That's the depth of his love. You ever think about the gospel, the good news, what it, what it is and what it means? You ever think about the depth of the love, the sacrifice that God made for you? The willingness to give over his son, Jesus Christ, to allow his son to suffer and become man and pay a price on a cross. You know, I don't know if you guys have ever watched The Passion of the Christ. I know it's an older movie, and I'm not trying to promote it, but that that movie gives you a, a real good visual of what truly happens in a crucifixion. What truly the suffering and the pain and what goes on for someone in that time and those moments that would deal with and God allowed that to happen. God, let that happen for you. See, we we need to know what God did in love. He sent his son to die on a cross. See, this is the love of God through Jesus Christ that he sent us a savior. He gave us a redeemer. He gave us an opportunity to make things right with him through his son. He paid a price that you and I could never pay on our own. He gave us righteousness. He gave us holiness through his son, Jesus. You know, I've got to imagine at times, sometimes we say, well, so what? <laughs> you know, it doesn't change my life. Life is still hard. I've still got tough moments in life. You know, what a, what a, so what? You know, where is Jesus? Why isn't he in here? Why hasn't he helped me through these relationships? You know, why is my spouse this? Why is my kid this? Why is my friend that? You know, we tend to, to move towards blaming God for the, the relational issues that we have in our life, the, the reasons why we suffer and go through tough moments. You might ask yourself, well, what does this have to do any with any of my relationships that I have right now? Well, I have to tell you, it, it has Everything to do with your relationships. It has everything to do with the way you parent your kids. It has everything to do with the way you respect your parents' kids. It has everything to do with how you relate to brothers and sisters of faith. It has everything to do with the way you deal with your coworkers and your friends and those people that cut in front of you in traffic. Again, look at the cross. Look at what Jesus did for you. What he sacrificed, what he gave up. See, God gave us everything through Jesus Christ. And so in our relationships, the cross, the gospel, what God did in love for us has everything to do with them. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. See, so we gain an understanding of, of what love has done. It doesn't say that, that, that we will have eternal life if we, if we give God our love first, and then maybe he'll love us later if we do good, or, or we, we find perfection, or we understand how to do things right. No, it says that, that God loved us so much He saw our brokenness, he saw our hurt, he saw our pain, he saw our dysfunction in our relationships that he gave. He gave us his son. And all he says is just believe, trust in me. Put me at the center, put me at the core. You know, let me have everything to do with every relationship that you're in. In Ephesians 2, 8, 9, it says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. Now we should circle that and highlight that and remind ourselves that there is nothing we can do to get God to love us any more or any less. That what he's given us through Jesus Christ is a free gift, and it's a gift to each and every one of us. It shows us the value that God has placed on us. It shows us what God has done in love. See, and then when we recognize that, when we realize what we have been given, we are more likely to give, aren't we? We are more likely to believe. We are more likely to to move towards a deeper, more intimate relationship with God. And if we do that, and as we begin to do that, we'll do what the last few verses of our passage say. We'll love the way God loves. We'll be better at loving each other. Verses 11 and 12 say, Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to love one one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, listen to this, God abides in us. And then he says, and his love is perfected in us. (laughs) Do I need to read that again? (laughs) Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God if we love one another God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. Amen. I don't know about you, but that that just blows my mind to think that, that I could love my kids any better, that I could love my wife better, that I could love you better than I love you today. That God's love will be perfected in us. Well, I want to ask you a question. How, how do you know if God is abiding in you? How do you know that, that God is living in you? And I, and I think the answer is pretty, pretty simple. Just simply ask yourself, am I loving the way God loves? I think that's how we'll know. Jesus tells us. He says the way we love each other will be a reflection of how the world sees him. See, if God abides in us, God's love will flow through us. Are we loving the way God loves us? Are we placing the same value on one another as God has placed on us? That's a tough question. That's a challenging question, isn't it? I I don't know about you guys, but I'm challenged by it. Because it tells us if we love the way God loves, that means God lives in us. And if God lives in us, we'll love like these next two passages tell, tell us. In Romans 12, 9 and 10, it says, let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another showing honor. Hey kids, students, have you ever tried to out love your parents? Have you ever tried to show your mom and dad love and honor more so than they show you love and honor? I don't know, it's just just a question that comes to my mind. I know with my, my own life and there was moments when I didn't love and honor my parents. My life wasn't a reflection of that. And partly because God didn't abide in me. I didn't allow God to live in me. I didn't allow God to to take control of my life. But if we do and we allow God to to be the leader and the director and the, the savior and the Lord of our lives, then our love will truly be genuine. And it will look like this in 1 Corinthians 13 Love is patient and kind, love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. That's huge. (laughs) That's a lot right there. Love is patient. Love is kind. It doesn't envy or boast. It's not arrogant. It's not rude. It does not insist in, hey, my way or the highway. It's not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice when someone else is hurting or in pain or is lost or doesn't succeed the way we succeed. It doesn't rejoice but in anything but the truth of who God is. And it always bears things together. It always comes together. It always brings us together together. It hopes all things and it endures all things. I want to ask us this morning as a church, as as a group of believers, as as the body of Christ, as we think about family values and as we think about what really is important to God, I want to ask us, are we ready to do this? Are we ready to love one another the way God loves us? To be patient, to be kind, to rejoice when people rejoice, to mourn when others mourn. Are we ready to do this? Are we ready to live by God's values for our family? Well, if your answer is yes this morning, then I want you to know that you are placing your treasure where God has placed his treasure, and that's in people. God has placed value in your children he's placed value in your spouse he's placed value in your friend your coworker, all those that we do life with and it really truly is all about relationships and how we live out those relationships how we create healthiness in relationships and I'll be the first to tell you um, you guys are hard <laughs> you know, people are hard right? I'm hard. I'm hard to love. Because I I say dumb things and I I do dumb things. You know, relationships can be yucky and messy, right? Don't you think? Do you agree with that? You know, sometimes having a a, a best buddy is kind of tough because your best buddy drives you nuts, you know? You know, sometimes living with a spouse is is hard because, man, they just drive you nuts. Kids, I'm sorry to tell you, sometimes you just drive us nuts. (laughs) We love you, but man, you drive us nuts. Parents, I've got to tell you, but you drive your kids nuts. <laughs> the things you say and the things you do to them drives them nuts. But I tell you what, I, I want to offer us this morning, just simply this as, as we, as we kind of close up this morning, as we end our time together, I, I want to offer you this. Let, let's take the steps to, to know God to be in relationship with him. Let's take the steps to be intimate with God. And that's by spending time worshiping him together as a church, uh, worshiping him through the week, reading God's word and understanding who God is and what he values. And let's, let's move towards having a, a greater and a deeper understanding of God's love for us. You know, knowing what this love did for us and then let's, let's take the steps to love each other better to love like God loves us and it's going to look different for all of us it's going to look different for, for our teenagers the way they love you mom and dad it's going to look different for our spouses the way we love each other but the key is that we take steps towards it that we move towards it and yes, this means in your, all of your relationships, your friendships, your marriages, with your children, with your parents, and yes, even those of us that are hard to love. Because the fact of the matter is that sometimes people are hard to love. Sometimes I'm hard to love. But God wants us to take those steps towards it. I want to close with this last passage and then we're going to pray together. And it comes out of Philippians Chapter 2, verse 1. He says, so if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, he says, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you, students, adults, male, female, every person that's hearing this, let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interest of others. People matter to God. You matter to God. Let's move our priorities, let's move our values to one another and let's love each other like God has loved us. Let's pray together. Father, we love you so much. Lord, we thank you for your, your word this morning and there is just so much that you have for us, so much that, that you want for us, Father, this morning, I, I pray that, that in the various smallest of ways or in the largest of ways, Father, that, that you have moved our hearts this morning. That you, you would have reminded us of what's important to you, Father. That's people. Father, you created us. You've, you've put, positioned us. You've, you've ordained us. You've called us. You've brought us to this place. You've orchestrated every moment of our life. The good, the bad, the tough, the easy, the joyful, the sorrowful. Every moment of our lives, you have guided us. Every moment, your hand has been upon us. And it's because you love us. It's because you care for us. Lord, remind us of that this morning. Remind us of that love. Father, bring us to that place where where our eyes are open and our hearts are are soft and our minds are clear so that we would know you and we would know what you did for us in this love Lord that we would love that we would love like you love us Father, I thank you for every heart, every soul that's here this morning. And I pray that as you guide us, Father, that we would just draw close to you, Father. That we look to your word, to to your son, Jesus Christ. Father, that you would wash us and cleanse us for, for being unloving. And from this day forward, Father, that we would just take the steps necessary to love more, to love better, to love like you love. Lord, we give you this moment, we give you this time, and we give all of who we are to you. And we do it all in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Thank you for listening, and we pray you were blessed by today's message. You are invited to worship with us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. For directions and information about Soul Rio and our weekly events, please visit our website at soulrio.com. You may also contact us by phone at area code 505-792-8737 or email us at info at soulrio.com. At Soul Rio, we're a community of followers of Jesus Christ committed to live by faith, to be known by love, and to be a voice of hope to our community. We invite you to go with us on this journey.